Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. Alongside my awesome co-host, Qasem Aslam. Happy 4th of July, buddy. How you doing? Happy 4th, Ralph. What a fun little tidbit there. The, the document was actually signed on the 3rd. And there's a letter, I think, from James Madison to his wife saying, we will forever celebrate the 3rd of July as the birth of our country or something. But because n- not all the participants ratified it until the 4th, we had to change it or they felt left out. So it should be the 3rd of July is actually Independence Day. Really? Yeah. Well, you would think that the 3rd of July was actually Independence Day here in Sagamore Beach because that's when all the fireworks went off. <laughs> the guys who shot them off on the 3rd like didn't have many left over for the 4th because it was like <laughs> Sunday night and a weekend kind of thing. I don't know. But anyway, no, that's an interesting that's an interesting little tidbit. But yeah, we are we're going to deviate a little bit here today. Uh-oh. Not talk about traffic, but in a roundabout way talking about traffic. And talk about some things that I think have been bubbling up, especially through our own businesses as well as through the news, but a potential looming recession and what you as a marketer should do to prepare for it, prevent it, prevent a downturn in your business, and even talk about like if the recession is actually coming, a lot of times when a recession actually happens, they say, oh, it's coming, and they don't actually realize that you're actually in it already before it's declared. So we will talk about that here today and what our thoughts are on how you as an online marketer or just a business owner, CMO, director of marketing, independent business owner can thwart that potential threat because it's certainly headlines in the news right now, especially with inflation. I've certainly noticed everything being more expensive that's for damn sure you know have you seen it business-wise i mean obviously consumer goods like when you go to the gas station when you go to the grocery store you're seeing it but you know i went to shaw's last week and i got like eight things and it was like 87 dollars. there really wasn't all that much in there (laughs) you know it was crazy expensive are you seeing it on the business side as well expenses escalating Vendors are increasing their their prices. I'll, I'll give you one in particular, and hopefully I'm not I'm not picking on them. But call Ruby, I'm a huge fan of Ruby, which they they do all of our our phone answering. And great company. They're out of Portland. They you know pay people a living wage, so the folks answering your phone are actually happy and friendly, which I think is a really big deal, especially when you're doing lead generation. And they've always been expensive, but the last couple of rate hikes, I was like, oh man, this is not insignificant. But then I look at what it is that they have to pay to actually do what they do, and I understand it. 
And I'm seeing that they're, they're not the only ones. I'm seeing a couple of, you know, I get a couple of notices saying, hey, we have to boost our pricing for whatever reason. And yeah, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be a domino effect that we only just saw begin. We're, we're, you know, at the early stages of that. So it'll be interesting to see how that, how that plays out. Well, it's passed on all the way up the line. You know what I mean? Right. Like everything on the bottom sort of like escalates right through to the top. And even if you're not, you know, if you're not producing wheat, for example, you know, eventually that will affect you later on down the line when you're loaf of bread at the supermarket, you know, like all those costs sort of incrementally increased over time, gasoline being one of them, a lot of other things having to do with it. So if you're not feeling some pinch here, you probably are in the big mi- minority is my guess. So we'll be getting into attention. Attention. <laughs> or you're just not paying attention. You're so wealthy you just don't even care. But the point is, is yeah, we're gonna be talking about that here today and how it relates to you and your marketing and growing your online business. We want to get a little nugget here. What what kind of solutions eight Qasim Aslam awesome nugget can we bestow upon the perpetual traffic listener here before we get into the meat of the show? Post conversion surveys. Uh super basic. But sometimes it's the most basic thing that yields the best results when somebody's done anything, when they've purchased, filled out a form, scheduled an appointment, downloaded a lead magnet, whatever. First of all, your ascension should never stop. So there should always be something else for them to do. But once you get to the end, instead of just a generic ass thank you page saying, you know, gotcha, ask them why they converted. What attracted you to our brand? What about this offer was really compelling? What could we have done better? And, you know, not a ton of people are going to fill it out, but some people will fill it out. And the information you get from those folks is, is truly invaluable. Like it's amazing and, and it'll help inform your future marketing and it costs you nothing, absolutely nothing. So post-conversion surveys are really worth building into your system. How do you set it up? I mean, now Savannah Sanchez was on here talking about that through a lot of her businesses through Shopify stores, which I believe there is a way to do it through Shopify. How are you guys doing it specifically? Yeah, it depends on who we're talking about for us internally, because we're using Go High Level as our CRM. We use High Level, but it's any form builder that you know is available and accessible to you. Type form, um, grab yeah, a form. Yeah, you know. exactly right. Build a quick form. And the, the, the note, the, the pro tip here is to treat it like an NPS score. The reason NPS scores are so effective is because they're not scary. They're simple. You know, it's, it's, you ask somebody for, for one grade and then there's an open field. So it's, you know, was this an effective process for you scale from one to 10 and then, and then give me more details. And if you can make your post-conversion survey, something that, that could feel like an impulse instead of, you know, I think it's always so funny when somebody's like, Oh, can you please fill out our survey? And I click on the link and it's 50 questions. I'm like, are you kidding me? You just asked me for a favor and then you made it hard. So don't make it hard. You know, even if it's just an open box, like, and, and then ask one very, 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 very specific question. What made you buy? I think is a really good one. What, what attracted you, you to our brand? Yeah. Right. What could we do better is my favorite personally. You know, hey, really appreciated you walking through this entire process. Just curious. Is there anything I could have done better? Question mark. And then I like to use personal singular pronouns. Is there anything I could do better? Because it's my face and my video that they're watching probably as they're walking through this conversion process. And so it's me asking them for a favor instead of this like genericized independent brand. Because you, you don't build a, a relationship with a brand as well as you do with a person. So do you do a video at the end? It says, hey, it's Cosm. <laughs> I, I haven't, but I should. That's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah post-conversion survey with a video ask. I think that's really brilliant. As a matter of fact, I'm changing my nugget. That's my nugget. <laughs> <laughs> put in a costume video at the end yeah put in a video at the end dude that's another one if since we're on just this weird little nugget trail using videos 
everywhere. And don't worry about production value. You've seen my videos, Ralph. They're horrible. Yeah. It's just me like no in, There's like no intro. It's like you just go right into it. Just go right <laughs> in. But here's the thing. Yeah. That's how you talk to like, it's where you're, you're FaceTiming with your buddy. Right. That's how it feels. It's like, oh, I'm going to go FaceTime with my buddy. And I built this relationship with you that is, is, is real and it's organic. And it's just exactly, you know, what I am and who I am. And, and if you don't like that, great, because we're not going to get along anyway. And if you do like that, well, then I've established that early and often. So yeah. don't worry about production value. Don't worry about like lower thirds or cleaning up the audio or honestly, even having a nice backdrop. I've just got like my messy, messy, messy bookshelf behind me, but I just shoot a ton of videos and it's a great way to brand yourself. You guys really do shoot, you shoot a video a day, right? Every single day. Yeah. yeah. Usually a couple. We're usually, you know, there's a lot going on. You front fill them a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Your video output is pretty intense. It's, yeah. it's admirable. You know, like, I like to write emails, you like to do videos, it seems like, you know what I mean? Dude, it costs me a half hour a day. And then look at what it builds. Like the equity is unreal and they're evergreen. They last forever for as long as the content's valid. I would say a nugget on top of that nugget is at the end of your videos. And we'll leave a, a link to your, to your YouTube channel, which is the wait before you go. Like, (laughs) what is it? It's a script about you pitching, working at Solutions Hiring. Hiring. Yeah. I get all my talent from my YouTube channel, all of them. which is, it's fabulous. And then like, if you ever watch like one of your guys doing a video, they're like, and then Cosm's going to come in at the end. Like they kind of rag on you yep. for it, which is hysterical. <laughs> I didn't but know like, they do that. Yeah. It's like recruiting. I forget which guy it was like your Google analytics guy. I forget which one, but anyway, I watched it. I was like, and then like you came on, it was like, but wait, <laughs> and it's, it's really good. And then you, you know, you ask for, you know, like the video or follow the channel, like makes us realize that, you know, Google knows what we're doing or we, lets Google know that we know what we're doing, that kind of thing. Yep. Like, I think that's a pretty good tip as well. I would imagine the recruiting side is tremendously helpful for you all. So I don't have to recruit any longer. The talent comes to me. And what I like about it is it's the proactive talent. If you're on YouTube trying to figure out Google ads, that means I want to hire you. You know, you're not sitting around hoping like a job come falls in your lap. You're like a figure it out type of person. It shows initiative. Like they're actually right. hungry to learn and they're trying to find it from you. Yeah. So true. No, their culture fits too. And they've already taken all their education. There's no training involved. It's just like, oh, I just plug you in and we go. I mean, I've said it for years and I know we're doing this podcast here and we've been doing this podcast for six or seven years now, but I would say 90% of the people that work at Tier 11 came from this show. It's the wow. same thing. I didn't know it was ninety percent. I knew it was significant. darn thing. It might be a little bit less now because we're you know we've we've. It's not just all media buyers. It's like a lot of our creative staff, you may or may not know, but it's like when you formulate a tribe, and this is maybe a longer nugget than we originally anticipated. But when you do formulate a tribe, like they become indoctrinated into your, you know, your culture, who you are, what you stand for. We have very specific values. Like they're on our website, the manifesto page, like what we stand for is very specific. We talk about that. Like it exudes, it just comes out when you're talking. And it's like when you do your videos, I'm not saying you have to start a podcast, but maybe you should, or maybe you should start maybe a YouTube should, channel right. because I do think that, and you even said this yourself, I think like most of your strategists came from the YouTube channel. Like, and you don't have a recruiting issue. And right now, uh, when I go to conferences or talk to other CEOs, like, oh my God, you know, you can't peep anything. Uh, like, like I mean, we have that issue, but not as much. 
it seems. Yeah. And I think it's because this show and the awesome listenership here, but also it's like, we do a lot more than just this. So I, I do think there's some validity to that. So I think no matter what you're doing, if you're listening to this, no matter what role you fulfill too, you don't have to be a business owner to, to do this. You have to build a community somewhere. I think it's a prerequisite and that can be a podcasting. I mean, you can channel, honestly, you, can be po- you know who posts to LinkedIn is Ryan Dice. Yeah. Have you noticed that? A lot. Ryan's yeah. like all about LinkedIn and he he's, he's cultivated this really solid and it's not for digital marketers scalable. It's just for Ryan. And he's got this really f- solid community on LinkedIn. So go find the place that you like to live, that you like to play and then build a community there because you get to go to that community. It's not about marketing. It's not about advertising. Even it's, it's about just this ever present resource this. Well, you get to, Oh, I need to hire. Oh, I need a referral. Oh, I have a question. Oh, I have a problem. Oh, I have this issue. And then you just have this community cultivated. And there are people that, that know you, trust you, and they want to help you. He's constantly doing it. I don't know if it's him posting. It seems like it's him posting, too. It seems like it's him. Because I do, here's the thing is I can tell now because I've known him long enough. I can tell when the writing is his or when it's somebody trying to sound like Ryan. Because they train people to sound like Ryan. And, yes. and they do a good job at it. Very good but, job. But, dude, he's just such a phenomenal copywriter. It's a hard thing to fake. Yeah, he's pretty much world class. We're not just kissing his ass because he, you know, runs this show here, I suppose. But he is actually, <laughs> re- he is really good. So anyway, the point is, is yeah, there's a couple of nuggets there, probably longer than we wanted to go here, but vitally important because it does relate back to the recession here or the Dude, looming community to draw from. Yeah, that's huge, and yeah. that is a big way. Like, when's the time to start? You know, when's the time to plant a tree? Right. Either 30 years ago or like right now, it's like, you might as well do it right now if you haven't done it already or just leverage what you already have. And like, I think we're doing it. You're seeing that on like Twitter, LinkedIn, a lot of like content syndication, same thing with, with us. It's like, we kind of dabbled in a lot of different social networks, plus the, you know, the podcast and really figured out where you want to go. Like if you have a start somewhere, just go there is it's something that you enjoy doing or you like doing. You know, you can always automate it. You can go back and listen to the Dennis Yu podcast about how to do all that. So there you go. We haven't even gotten into the meat of the the show today, but, you know, we've already started to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, you did hire Dennis, which is really cool. Private consulting right on the heels of that show. Dude, it's the best hour ever spent. I'm not an affiliate for Dennis Yu, by the way, but go, go pay him money and watch him teach you how to repurpose content. It was, it was unbelievable. It was a masterclass that I got in an hour and he's such a generous giving person. And you got it in that that show, and then you sent it to your VA or your administrator. My, my or, EA. Here's the, okay. here's what's not fair. My EA is the smartest human in the world. She's a she she could be the for, she could be the CEO of any Fortune 500 company. Like she's, she's awesome. amazing. But yeah, I just sent her my notes and said do this. And since then, I've had a bunch of people. Chris Martinez, the CEO of Dude. He reached out and he's like, "How are you doing this? Like, I want to I want to hire whatever." He thought it was an agency. He goes, "I want to hire whatever agency." is doing your your social. And I was like, this is one EA on the heels of one hour with NSU. Wow. Impressive. Well, good. We'll leave links in the show notes here on today's episode and this nugget that's lasted longer than nugget time. But anyway, before we get into today's conversation, I want to say the big thank you to everyone who's given us feedback on the show. We have absolutely made it our mission to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. What's in it for you is that once that happens, we can continue to just deliver high quality stuff for you, like including today's show, hopefully to help you scale and grow your business. But we want to know what you think to make us get better. So Kasim, is there something that we want to tell our listeners about as far as giving us feedback on the show? 
Yeah, we've got a, a survey. It's anonymous if you want it to be. You can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and tell us one thing we do well, three things we can improve upon, and most importantly, I think, what topics you want to hear about in the future. Because if we're, you know, blathering on about a bunch of crap that you don't care about, then help help us course correct here. Let us know. Be the, be the tip of the spear. And in exchange, we're going to give you something pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah. And that is something free. Obviously, we're brought to you guys by Digital Marketer. But if you, one person who we feel gives the most insightful feedback, and we announce the winner of this. So give your feedback. We look at it, figure out which is the most insightful, and you will get a free access to the paid traffic certification from Digital Marketer. It's brand new. It's just released. Custom's even on there. It's a $495 value. So there's a little thing in there for you, financial incentive. Anyone can enter, no purchase necessary. So in order to get entered, head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. There you go. So our conversation on what to do in the midst of a, or to prepare for a looming recession. Uh, we're going to talk about that next. So stick around. We're going to get into the talk on that and the show right after this quick break. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back and Kasim, is there a recession coming? What do you think? Here's what's funny, man, is I think there's no way anybody could ever know. And so we have to be really careful with what the pundits say, but it would be hubris to ignore, ignore wise counsel. And so some of the smartest people on the planet have said it's possible. And I'll tell you the biggest mistake I made as a young entrepreneur is hoping for the best and planning for the best. I think it's okay to hope for the best, but I think you should plan for the worst. And I think as marketers, it's actually our job and our responsibility to try to be prepared for what's coming. Marketing is at least some percentage future telling. 
You know what I mean? Like it's, there's some, and I don't know if it's 1% or 50%, but there's some percent in the realm of marketing where you're trying to predict intent, forecasts, what's happening. And if you don't have at least a napkin plan for this is what I'm going to do if things start to look south, I think that you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. I'm not saying that we need to go throw on tinfoil hats and start prepping, but I do think that everybody needs to have a, you know, if I lost 10% of my customer base or if I lost 10% of my revenue, here's what I do. And and that's the way I like to look at it, by the way. It's like, if I lost 10%, here's my 10% plan, my 20% my plan, my 30% plan. And then anything, anything outside of that is is honestly just so wildly outside of my control that at that point, I think it is okay to just, you know, rely on prayer and hope. But having those, those sort of kind of three steps, it's going to position you to survive, you know, the, the tiny meteors that your competitors maybe, or competitive alternatives aren't necessarily going to be positioned to survive. So I think that's what we talk about here. I mean, if you look at, I mean, just Google, you know, US GDP growth last 20, 30 years. I mean, it's like a straight lower left hand corner, upper right hand corner. And within that, there's basically two spots where it sort of came back or corrected. I mean, you can't continue to grow for forever. And I hate to sound like an old fart here, but in March of 2020, the NASDAQ hit 5,000. Everyone's like, wow, it's going to go to 10,000. Like markets can't go up forever. There does need to be a contraction at some point because what it does is it filters out, you know, it filters out a lot of the unhealthy gains. And I look at like people ask me all the time, it's like, what's the future of the agency industry? I look at the growth of agencies since like 2018, 2019, 2020. It's insane. Unbelievable. And dude, to the it's point you just made, there's a ton of agencies that shouldn't be in business. God forgive me for saying this. I'm not trying to be cruel. There yeah. are a ton of businesses that don't deserve to be in business. They're actually not viable. And they've been they've been suckling it at, at the teat of excess. And so I think I think a mild contraction, and this is where I get into trouble, but I think a mild contraction is actually going to be really healthy. I think it's going to be really healthy. Normal. Yeah, exactly. It's not abnormal. Like everyone now, and let's just be clear on what like the definition of a recession is the way that I understand it. And you can Google this and there is some I actually had to Google this because I didn't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't read like a lot of financial publications pretty religiously. So I'm like, all right, well, all right, I get it. It's two consecutive quarters of declining GDP growth. But it's basically, it's a contraction of the economy. It's like, we're not growing as fast. Like if we grew 3% last year, you know, now all of a sudden it's 2%. So technically you're not growing as fast. You're still growing. But how fast can you continue to grow and maintain like normal prices of consumer goods, business goods? Like just think about that. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the war in Ukraine has is, is affected that. There's a lot of global geoeconomic things that have affected that. But the point is, is like if you're continuing to grow and grow and grow, like it's just going to be a matter of time before there's going to be a contraction. And the funny thing is, is at the, what was the end of 2021, we fell victim to this. Like my wife had money on the sidelines and I'm like, I just know this is the worst time for us to put money into the market because it just kept going up. And she's like, you said that last year. I'm like, well, yeah, I did. But it's like, it's just, it felt like it was extended. And, you know, she put some money to work in her IRA and everything is down like 30 or 40%. And it was, it was like, ah, don't worry about it. I'm dollar cost averaging. 
you know, which is basically putting a little bit in as the market fluctuates, which is a great way to invest. By the way, especially if you're starting to invest, just put in you know thousand dollars every single month, no matter what the market is. And by the time you're 65, you should have plenty to retire on. All things being equal. Anyway, the point is, is like it, we knew at some point this thing was gonna this it, incredible expansion, especially coming out of the coronavirus, and especially coming like on the online world. Like there are literally tens of thousands of Shopify stores now. Do all of them deserve to be in business? Like, probably a lot of them were built on financial models that maybe weren't as healthy, but because of the rising tide raising all ships, because of this expansion in online marketing, expansion in agencies, expansion in just all of this, it's like there is some that just unfortunately probably won't survive unless they listen to maybe a few things that we have to say on this show here today. Am I being cruel here? Am I just being realistic? Well, maybe, maybe the answer is yes to both. And maybe it's tough love because I think, and this is where maybe I get a little cruel. I think some of the businesses that have less viable business models are actually dragging down the more quote unquote legitimate businesses. And I think if, if we had 18 months of burn off where we got to burn off some of the dead wood, I think that'd be better for the more legitimate businesses long term. And I, and I think having a plan to survive that really, you don't need to, to do anything else other than hold on, just hold on and wait it out. But, but that also means saving you from some catastrophic errors. And I'm going to give you the very first one that I see. This is what, and I, I've seen it twice now. I'm old enough now to, to have survived two, I'm going to call it economic shifts. The first one was the 08 mortgage crisis. It destroyed me financially and entrepreneurially. I, I still have entrepreneurial PTSD. And then the second one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name this one and then maybe possibly be corrected by other people, but it was COVID. And while COVID didn't have the impact that we thought it would have, it did have a substantial impact. And here's, here's what I see people do is when they get scared, they stop marketing. And here's why I think that's a catastrophic error beyond the obvious, because there's the obvious things that we can point to, but beyond the obvious, you have to look at your marketing as a, you have to put it on a timeline. And there's a certain amount of time it takes for you to grab a customer and then bring them all the way down the funnel. And so when you stop your marketing in its entirety, you don't just stop that marketing now, you stop that marketing for as long as that timeline exists. So if it takes, you know, I'm in Montessori school and it takes 18 months between the time that I'm able to introduce Montessori education to a parent and they're willing to come and tour my school. If I stop marketing now, I'm not going to see the impact of that for 18 months. And you might say like, well, obviously, but I don't think it's obvious to people that are in the moment and and making decisions in a fear-based way because the school that stops marketing now, yeah, they saved the the advertising dollars right now today, but in 18 months, they're going to have nothing in their pipeline. And that's something to pay a lot of attention to. What is it you're doing to yourself in each major segment of your marketing timeline? And I'm not saying don't take precautionary measures. What I'm saying is understand where that impact is going to be had, because you might actually be the Montessori school that survives the recession and then dives afterwards because you wasted a year and a half not filling up your pipeline. In terms of a Montessori school, let's use that as an example. So service-based business, physical location, obviously impacted by COVID, I would, I would guess. Massively, massively. Massively. Yeah. 
where what where was the weakness without divulging finances? But this is kind of where I kind of get into it because I'm very much, even though I'm a marketing sort of big picture guy, like I analyze the hell out of them our numbers. Like I know our numbers really, really well. Now it's become more complex. Thank God I have a CFO. But the point is, is like, like it's the numbers, like where, where is the fault? Where is the, what would spell doom for a business? Like just using that as an example, is it cash on hand? Is it revenue coming in? Is it overhead that you can't control? Like where's the weak point? And maybe we can, you know, use this like a launching off point. From a, from a marketing perspective, you just named it. It's not knowing the levers. It's because like, you're like, I examine our numbers. Man, I can't tell you how many business owners, and it's most of them, by the way. It's like, if, I were, if I'm going to shoot in the dark, I'm going to say 80% of business owners don't know which lever does what. And, and to be more specific than that, because I, I don't mean to be opaque, if you think about from a marketing perspective, you have what builds awareness. So there, you, need, you need to have brand awareness and then you need to have consideration and then you need to have engagement and then you need to have conversion. And that's more or less the broadest funnel I can define. I don't think that we can broaden it any more than that without losing the value in each segments in the funnel. Well, you have to know which lever builds awareness. And then from there, which lever is going to catalyze consideration and then engagement and conversion. And if you just look at it as all one big marketing mix, like, oh, here's my marketing budget and I'm just going to go spend without really understanding how that spend is delineated. I think that that's the catastrophic error because then you turn off everything in a recession, depending on my sales timeline. What I might do is I might turn off my awareness and my consideration campaigns for the short term while I'm trying to save money because I'm basically borrowing from tomorrow. I'm borrowing from when I think that the recession will, will peter out or, or you know when my timeline ends, but I'm going to keep my engagement, my conversion campaigns going. Because if I don't, then I'm actually turning off my ability to earn today. And, and you'll also see that this could be a pretty significant advantage to those who are willing to continue to advertise and hang on because everybody else is turning it off at the same time. So you could step into that place and and find yourself profiting where others are are you know running scared. So in the case of the Montessori schools, it's really it's new customer acquisition, correct? And then retaining older customers. Some customers are going to drop off at the end. I forget where Montessori goes up to what eighth grade. It depends on the school. Yeah, depends you have Montessori school. preschools and then schools that'll go through yeah through the eighth grade through the eighth grade. Okay. So it's like, you're always going to get that continuous drop off at the top end. So you have to continuously feed like the bottom end for new recruits, but also you're going to have some attrition in the K through eight, let's say. So this is just a model for any real business, whether you're selling e-commerce, whether you're selling services, whatever it is, like there's a lifespan of a customer. It's not infinite in most cases. Well, maybe it is. And you know, like in Amazon's case, Jesus. But anyway, the point is, is like there is drop off. So you have to continuously fill the pipe from the front end, also boost revenue and for the attrition component. Like there are some kids, like my kids went to Montessori school and one of them stayed in, the other one went to public school and then they went to a private school. So it's like, there's going to be attrition all the way through. So you have to sort of resupply that. That's marketing, that's awareness. But what you're saying is like, if you shut off the awareness, you know, spigot, you can last maybe three to six months or so, but then you're going to start back in maybe post-recession or after we're sort of coming out of it. And you're going to be hamstrung because you've, 
you've turned that spigot off for three to six months. And now you're three to six months behind. And if you're not, if you're only paying attention to cash in, cash out, you don't even know it's coming. You're, you've got a, you know, you're, you're on a, on a boat in the river and you don't realize that the water falls ahead because you just haven't paid attention. I'll give you one really good specific example. One of my clients is one of the fastest growing SaaS products on the planet. When COVID hit, especially because they just took a huge round of funding and they needed to appease their investors, they turned off their ads. And what's crazy is for six to nine months, they didn't lose any money. And it's yeah. because they had this massive pipeline of trials. It was just but, all following through. That's right. exactly right. But they weren't yeah. bringing on any new trials either. So after the nine, I, I'm, I'm, I'm muddying these dates because I don't remember them specifically, but as soon as the trials ran out, they freaked out because they're like, oh God, our revenue dropped and we have no idea why. And I'm like, it's because you did, you stopped advertising. You, your trial took 30 days to land. You had a bunch of people that were more or less in the trial process. You know, it took some time to get some people in the trial process because it's a complex application. And then you stopped bringing people into the trials and they were only looking at closed deals basically like, oh, you know, cash in, cash out. And that was an interesting call to be on because it, dude, it, honestly, it felt like I was being gaslit a little bit, you know, like they hopped on with us and they started lobbing grenades our direction saying, Hey, why have we lost revenue here? And I'm like, well, you, you actually haven't. If you look at your cash in cash out from a marketing perspective, we've converted better. You just stopped bringing in top of the funnel leads. So there's nothing left to convert. Super interesting. I think about, I don't know if this is the right way to think about it, but it's like, just visualize this every year. The Boston marathon is run. It goes right by my apartment in Brookline. It's like, you see all these people running by it's like, great. They all started at like, you know, noon and then the, you know, the, the elite guys start at like 10 in the morning and they're going all the, like all during the day. And then eventually it runs out. Well, they stop starting at the start line. Like they all started at sort of kind of the same time, but it's like, it's the same thing. It's like th in this particular case, it's like you had all this, like running the marathon and it took, you know, four or five or six hours, four or five or six months to finally cross the finish line. And then all of a sudden there's, you haven't like, you haven't reloaded the starting line. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what do you expect? Like you have to continuously do that. And I think that's a big fault of, of marketers is that they freak out. And this is just human nature. You see it coming. You're like, oh my God, I need to save money. I need to stop doing this thing that I know is really good for my business. But it's the thing that, oh my God, there's 30 grand in advertising spend that I was spending. What if I cut that down to 10 or five or maybe eliminate it completely? Well, you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. That the other side to that is that, you know, if you are losing customers, you know, in that time span, it's hard when you have no cash on hand. I, mean, I know you. I, I don't know how you run your business, but I'm always super paranoid about. I need to make payroll every single month, so we have a stockpile. We probably shouldn't say this on air, but we have a we have a we have an emergency fund that we keep just in case the you know the crap really hits the fan. I'm trying to maintain our non-explicit rating here. The point is, it's like we always have that just in case, and it's not even a scenario that would remotely happen really, but it just makes me feel more comfortable at least having that. So I'm like, all right, we have padding for 12 months of payroll, which is a significant, we have a large payroll like you guys do. The point is, is like having that without, I, I think a lot of business owners tend to just extinguish all of that. They might pull it out because they have partners and so forth. But I think of it like personal finance. 
it's like they, they, you know they always say or Dave Ramsey if you listen to Dave Ramsey just sort of you know elementary investing of base level I think he says you know should have at least six months of salary as six a, months, an emergency yeah. I think it's six months yeah. sort of the same thing in business I mean I know now with a looming recession this is probably yeah that's great advice Ralph I should have been doing this six months ago but the point is is like you you should always sort of well, I think there's still have time a rainy for that. day fund I, I do because yeah. there's the time to build a rainy day fund. It, right. There's a time to plant a tree. There's also time yeah. to plant a rainy day fund. It's time yeah. to start a social, you know, you know, a social community. And it's like right now. Right. It's it, the points that you just made too, I think are really poignant because for our, for our, and I don't want to say the words younger entrepreneurs, because I guess that that doesn't refer to age. I think that refers to tenure. You know, you could have been yes. corporate America for 40 years and then just started your business and you're a young entrepreneur in my mind. Right. For our younger entrepreneurs, if you haven't gotten nailed yet, you will. And to Ralph's point, building a rainy day fund, it doesn't take long. It means tighten your belt for, you can build six months of expenses in three months. If you tighten your belt, be careful about what you invest in. And then realize too, that the six months of expenses, that's, that's the skeleton crew. That's the, Hey, we're just maintaining here. We're, we're being really careful. So, and I think those, if we're getting specific, I think those are the steps. Make sure you have a rainy day fund, know what steps you're going to take. If you lose 10%, 20%, 30%, that's where I draw the, start to pay attention to, to, to maybe some of the more exuberant expenses you have. Like, man, I check my, my, we use capital one here. That's our business card. And I check my capital one charges every month. And there's a ton of crap that we're paying for sometimes that I look at and I'm like, is anybody like we have, we pay $300 a month in fireflies, which is the meeting transcription service. I had a conversation with my the head of my CM team. I'm like, are we really using Fireflies? And she fought hard for it. She goes, oh no, we need that because. And her answer made a lot of sense to me. And so I let it go. But if I wasn't paying attention, I can't tell you how many continuity SaaS products end up on our books that you know we could go in there and, and we could really tighten up. So I think tighten I, up I your belt, knowing more. what your plan is. <laughs> what? I, I couldn't agree more on that. Yeah. That's a huge bugaboo with, with me. And, uh, you know, when you have somebody who's overseeing it, we've, I don't think we have an overly complex business. It's actually relatively simple versus like running GE for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? So oh, I the imagine. point is, is like, you know, you can look at your expenses and you ask your team members. I'm constantly asking my team members, do we need this? Do we need this? Do we need this? You know, whoever the decision maker is and our marketing department, oh, there's like 16 different softwares. Like, do we need them all? Can you consolidate? So it's just one thing to do. Like this stuff adds up, right? It, it really does. And I, I forget what there's a service out there for all the, you know, all the continuity programs that we're all on, like Fubo to TV and Hulu and Disney plus and all this sort of stuff. Like it's out of control. It's the reason why Netflix is now probably going to change their model. Cause everyone is onto it. Like, well, nine ninety nine a month for all the movies you can watch. Prime just raised their price unbeknownst to most Americans because it's more expensive. The point is like, that's a continuity program as well. Like looking at your expenses and really going through it as the fine tooth comb, this is really good time spent for you as whether you're a marketing manager in charge of your department, it's insurance from your job. Imagine like you're a marketing manager and you tell your CEO or your CEO or whoever it is that you report to, you know, we have, $3,000 in recurring expenses that we no longer need. All of a sudden, you ch you fundamentally change not only the business from a we're going into a recession standpoint, you also fundamentally change how you're viewed by your superior. Like, wow, this guy is like ideal team player. 
Yeah. You know, he's looking out for something more than himself, but you're also doing it to sort of self-insulate also, you know, all expenses except agency expenses, by the way, you can look at. No, That's my right. point is, but there's <laughs> we lots can't be of, cut. no, there's lots of little software expenses and things that are recurring. Like, look at that stuff every single month, print out your American Express card or your Discover card or wherever it happens to be, wherever you're getting your points and figure out those things. Cause they guarantee you there's probably some things on that recurring charges list you don't need all right we've been here talking about how to cost cut all right we've been here talking about how to survive a recession how to weather the storm but that's not really the purpose of today's show inside the barn with the horse manure as my wife used to say she always says there's a pony in there there's an opportunity in every recession and warren buffett said it best be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. We're going to talk about how to capitalize on that right after this quick commercial break. Hey, it's Ralph here. You know, there's a common problem we hear from agencies and consultants all the time. You offer outstanding services to your clients, but you run into technical roadblocks outside of your scope. Well, the truth is even agencies need agencies. And the good news is our friends at Outline can tackle all your development, web design, and analytics-related problems. In fact, some huge brands like Mixpanel, Clavio, Segment, and even ActiveCampaign trust Outline to do incredible work. So if you want to solve your toughest tech problems, head to outline.com forward slash PT to schedule a free strategy session with one of Outline's founders. Once again, that is Outline, spelled O-U-T-L-I-A-N-T dot com. That's outline.com forward slash PT. Can I switch gears on you? So what else? Well, I'm going to go positive now instead of negative, because here's the other thing that I think very strongly. And I have, a, I have a specific case study for this. I had the highest performing real estate investment campaign on the planet for seven years. And, and by real estate investment, I mean fix and flips. So we were genning up leads for fix and flips. So if you wanted to sell your house fast for cash, I was, I was the one genning up that lead in every single major MSA. And we were killing it. And we were killing it because on the heels of the last recession, all the people that were bidding for those terms stopped bidding. And so we came in when demand was the highest, cost was the lowest. It was an insane, I don't think that'll ever happen again in my entrepreneurial life. But I bring it up because if you're scared, so is everybody else, including all your competitors. And we got to play the Warren Buffett game and buy fear. Your competitors are going to stop spending when they shouldn't. And that means that even though it's a little bit scary, you're going to get traffic for fractions of what it should be. And you're not going to, here's the interesting thing about traffic though, is it's not the stock market. Nobody's publishing these numbers. You have to keep spending in order to buy the data. So there's, there's a danger there, but there's a way to do it really intelligently so that you're not going at a loss. You know, traffic is a bell curve, spend right down the center of the bell curve, and you're always going to have the highest quality traffic for hopefully the most efficient price. But you'll begin to see the ebbs and the flows. And if you see an ebb, I would double down on that hard, especially depending on your industry, because you're going to, this is, this is a, a, the opportunity to become a category king in so many ways where you're going to, a recession usurps and unseats long seated hierarchy. And so if you're not number one in your industry, you might get a little excited about what we're seeing because this is, this is a really solid opportunity to step into it. You know, I wrote an email about this just two weeks ago about that yeah. quote. Yeah. Have to go back into your inbox. 
I forget if it was one of yep. the ones like I wrote I an email. Most of your emails, no, I'd right. say I read one out of three, especially if I think they're going to be about me. Uh, of course, of course, <laughs> it's, very, it's a very powerful poll. <laughs> I'll have to put more Cossum in the headline. By the way, I just realized yesterday that my Grammarly app does not check my hit my my subject line, <laughs> so I have a typo in the most recent subject line. Like, oh my god! And then there are open rate like it's like double, it's like triple, like what normally is. So maybe I should put yep. more misspellings in my headline. But anyway, be fearful when others <laughs> are reading it. Be, that's right. There's another, yeah. Put misspellings in your subject line to get better open rates. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. It's, it's hard to do, but it's oh, like if you're, on the, if you're in a financial position where you have some strength, you have multiple suppliers, you have multiple ways in which to keep your cost of goods sold down. You're looking at, you know, tightening the belt. Like all these are like cost cutting measures to a certain degree, which is not what the subject of this whole show is about. But it is one way to safeguard or at least insulate yourself to a certain degree. But it's like if you spy opportunity when others are fearful, like that's actually the time to start being greedy, which is especially if you have, you know, if you have the war chest behind you even if you don't like there is that portion of it and that's sort of where i sit i sit on this fence where it's like all right we got to be careful but then if there's an opportunity spring on it you know what i mean and i look at the agency space right now it's bloated like how are you going to differentiate yourself in your space how are you going to come out with something Yet another email I wrote yesterday, which is the one that has the typo in it. It's like, how do you differentiate yourself in the market? Now is the time to actually differentiate and come out with a unique mechanism, something new, something that positions you slightly different than anyone else. And that's the thing that actually will separate the market because there's always going to be demand for your thing, whatever that thing is. And there's probably, if you're in e-commerce, service, you know, any type of business at this point, there's most likely with the GDP growth that we've had since the coronavirus, there is bloat in the market somewhere. And it's an opportunity on both ends, for dude, you, bottom and top, both ends. Yeah. hundred percent for differentiation. Yeah. Here's what I think happens to agencies because half of our listeners are agencies. Clients are going to go through and they're going to fire everything that reports on vanity metrics. And maybe even some things that aren't necessarily vanity metrics, but they're long-term metrics like, and God forgive me for saying it because I'm a big, big, big fan of this service, but SEO. I think things like social engagement, SEO, brand building, awareness building, those things clients are going to go get rid of for good or bad. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but that's what people do when they're afraid. And they're going to go straight to performance marketers. Can you directly show me ROI? And if you get really good at showing me cash in, cash out ROI, then I think that you actually have the opportunity to grow. Google, Google's revenue in the 08 recession grew. Their growth slowed, but their revenue grew. In the pandemic, the, the Google CPC across the board went up 200%. The minute things go south, everybody goes straight to the bottom of the funnel. So, and that doesn't mean Google. That just means performance-based traffic. That's, that's all traffic channels have a bottom of the funnel somewhere. And I think in the agency space, if you're in a position now to where you're reporting on anything that could be misconstrued or, or properly construed as vanity metrics, you better find a bottom line quick and, and go live there. And remember, I said that too, because for the agencies, that's going to be the most important thing. Can I connect you to revenue? No, you're out. It's true. 
I mean, that goes back to what is the message? How are you delivering value? Reinforce the most important things as to how you're delivering value to your customers. And not only do it, but also show it. Sometimes you're actually doing it and they just don't know. I mean, I'm speaking from a service-based business standpoint. It's also talking about what you're doing and explaining this is what we're doing sort of behind the scenes, more, more to the service side of the equation. But it's like, People really don't realize, especially in the service world, how much work actually goes into what it is that you do. Explain it and show it, but then highlight the stuff that, that matters most to them in a recession. And it is it's money in, money out. You know, it's putting a dollar in, what do you make in return? If you're not doing that, then all of a sudden you might be a line item that might get crossed off. Well, and show them what I talked about earlier. If you, if you know, hey, in the SEO game, if you turn this off now, yeah, you're not going to see an immediate impact, but you will in 18 months. Explain that. Visu- help them visualize it. Build the funnel. And analytics does this for you. Build the visual funnel so you can say, hey, if you turn me off now, in 18 months, you are going to lose this much revenue. And I think most business owners, if they can afford to sustain you, they will as long as you can make that case. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. That tip is, we've gone through three of them so far. That tip is another relevant one. Now that we've adequately one. depressed everybody, by the way. I know this is like the least, here's the thing, it's not a fun topic, but it's, it's a conversation you have to have. You know, I'd rather have like the conversation that nobody wants to have but needs as opposed to just pretending like nothing else is coming because I've, I've played that game personally too and, you know, you end up getting burned. Yeah, you can't not think about it. Right. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening and custom, where can they let us know where we can or how we can do better. Perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. That's right. We're going to pick one lucky listener to get the paid traffic certification. That's a $500 value, $5,000. If you include just having custom in there unto itself, So definitely fill that out over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Follow us over on the Twitters, Ralph HB and Qasem Aslam, and go back to listen to previous episodes. All the resources we mentioned here, as well as some of the links to the cool performing ads, are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasem Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 